Welcome to the CU Review, a podcast from Capital University's Chimes newspaper and WXU Radio, where we wrap up the best stories of the month. In this episode, we discuss some of the best stories of September 2020. Hi, I'm Dan Messersmith. I'm a third-year Capital student. I'm part of the Music Technology Program. I am also a part of the WXU management team. I'm Maddie Rollins, um, or Madeline. I'm a third year as well. I'm an English major, double majoring in creative writing and professional writing journalism. I'm a member of the Chimes team. I'm a reporter, and I'm also a member of the cross country team here at CAP. So Cool. So, yeah, we're, we're doing this podcast to kind of bridge the gap between the WXE radio and the Chimes newspaper and give a different medium for delivering the news. So stick around each month. We're going to release a new episode and talk about some cool Chimes stories from the past month. So the first story we're going to be covering is budget restrictions leading to staff reductions. This was published early in September, I think on the 10th, back when COVID had just begun and everything was going crazy. The university predicted a loss of $9.6 million. Um, So there was something called the Position and Structure Review Committee, so PSRC, that started to kind of look over the staff roster. So... 69 positions were redacted. Um, They included frozen positions, vacancies, 19 employees that opted for the voluntary separation plan, so VSP, and 12 that didn't. Interim President Dave Kaufman stated in an email that the final voluntary count participating in the VSP was 19. The 12 non-voluntary that were impacted by the PSRC restructuring received similar benefits and support. So that was several departments that lost 12 employees that did not opt for the voluntary separation plan, which included advancement, human resources, information technology, the law school administration, the libraries, student learning and development, and strategic enrollment management. So for privacy and legal reasons, the university could not disclose the identities. However, we do all know that we lost the well-loved Jenny Smith, our dean of students, and it's kind of worrisome that we don't have one right now to me, but that's just how it is. President Kaufman says it's never easy to make a decision that affects the jobs of the valued, dedicated employees. But these steps were necessary to move forward in the face of COVID. And to ensure the long-term success of Capital University and the continuation of excellent educational experiences for all of our students. That's very well said from President Kaufman. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely a pretty sad thing to happen for a bunch of positions to be cut and a bunch of openings to be made in the staff. But I think... That capital believes that the students are the number one priority, and we're trying to uh, maintain stability during this time. Yeah, I think everyone is doing exactly as much as they can, and, and if we have to cut positions, we have to. It's a loss to the university and to the people who were cut, but times are really hard for everybody, and the university has to keep going no matter what. Yeah, all right, thank you. On to the next story. A Capital Student Wins College Democrats of America Election. This is also a story from earlier in September. And Capital's Ethan Browning, a sophomore political science and biology major, became the Rural Caucus Secretary for College Democrats of America. 
Browning recognizes the deep political divide between urban and rural regions in Ohio, and his, his first goal is to get progressive candidates elected in the rural areas, and I think that's really important. Yeah, he says, I know what it's like to have progressive values in rural America. It's no secret that the Democratic Party has not valued rural people. Every four years, they talk about the rural area and then push them aside. One of the reasons uh, is apparently gerrymandering. And gerrymandering in, in U.S. politics is the practice of drawing the boundaries of electoral districts in a way that gives one political party an unfair advantage over its rival. Ohio, for many years, has been considered a bellwether or a swing state because of its geographical and political landscape. When it comes to Ohio's 16 congressional districts, Democrats only control three of those seats. I think it's really important that we have somebody so dedicated to this, as Ohio is a swing state, and it's always unsure of how this uh, state is going to vote each election. So... Good job to Ethan Browning. Congrats. Ethan Browning is, quote, excited to get to work, excited to represent Capitol, and excited to represent the state of Ohio. All right, on to the next story. Our third story is about interim president Kaufman. He discussed his personal life and experiences. This was something from September 14th. He is the current interim president of Capitol University, filling the vacant hole that Beth Paul left in all of our hearts and in the office. He was the CEO of Encova Insurance for 30 years, which is impressive. And Kaufman mentions exhausting all other opportunities before impacting the workforce of capital. Something he spoke about in that interview was how he has always benefited from white privilege. And he had this conversation with Robert, who interviewed him about All Lives Matter being a kind of icky statement because of everything going on with the police brutality and the stunning silence that Capitol had over the summer when everything was going on. I think it's really important that our president mention something about that. Yeah. So in the interview, he says in a quote, as somebody who has benefited from a life of white privilege, if I feel such loss, how much more loss must be felt by black people and other people of color? He says, I have a lot of black friends and I've watched some of the challenges and situations that they've been put in and I have not. Kaufman said, You hear all lives matter, and it's not like we're evaluating one life over another, but the fact is that black lives are the ones at risk right now. He believes that situations like this are what leaders have to naturally come up against. He says, I know some people will be somewhat supportive and others will disagree, but that's just part of leadership. Outside of his time working at Capitol, Kaufman says he enjoys spending time with his family, playing golf, running marathons, and reading spiritual and leadership books. This is an interesting next step for Capital to take in its evolution, and it'll help the university prosper as well as the students. Okay, on to the next story. This is a story from a couple weeks ago, uh, and this is talking about campus in the time of COVID-19. Some of the main points in this article talk about how students must follow COVID guidelines, such as, such as wearing masks in public settings. I'm currently wearing a mask as we recorded this podcast. Uh, There's limited seating in most locations and classes are um, hybrid. Some are online and some are in person and some are doing a mix of both. So there's also a lot of other stipulations that go in to uh, campus during this time. I think one of the most interesting things is that we get that daily email or text telling us to take the survey um, and how there have been some issues with it. Like, for example, I moved in early, so I got the email I think about a week and a half before everybody fully moved on campus and I got them 
three times a day before I did them. So at like 5 a.m., right. 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and then it would be like, final warning, do it or die. Yeah, you get it about three, die, but. I think you get the email three times a day. Action um, required. Yeah, Take and it now. have you noticed any problems with any of it? Uh, yes. Just anybody that you know, they're not getting those emails it's and stuff me. like that. You're, I am. Okay. I had to go. So for a while, I would get the emails, and then I finally checked it. Like, yeah, text me. Sure, that's fine. And then I would get one, and then I would have to like go hunt for it because the next few days I would not get one. Um, and then I took the survey again, and it was like, fine, we'll start sending you emails again. And then it was like, just for a day though. Not for long. So now I finally get them again. Yeah. Um, I think something interesting is that my roommate decided to see what would happen if he hit just one symptom. And it was like she hit nauseous. Mm -hmm. And it was like you're not allowed on campus. But there's a little button that's like if you hit the wrong thing, take retake the test. Mm -hmm. And since she has a bunch of classes in person today, she was like, I got to retake that because I have to go on campus. Right. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like kind of like a golden rule kind of thing. And you have to really, you have to be honest, but also at the same time, um, who's really going to admit their symptoms? It's, it's kind of a tricky yeah. thing. You would hope that people are being honest and they're being open about their symptoms and how they're feeling and they're being considerate to the other students on campus when they feel sick. You know, like what if one morning you wake up with a cough, but it could be uh, for another reason. It's, yeah. It, uh, Obviously, this is a really sensitive time, and you should be thinking about others. So be careful as you go through each day for classes. Have you had any experience doing um, hybrid classes? How's that going for you? Are you on person? You know, on campus at all? So I am on campus. I was in three hybrid classes. I dropped one because I didn't really agree with the professor's way of doing it right now, um, especially during a pandemic. But my other two, um, I'm taking a class with Dr. Kevin Griffith, Griffith, and the first day we had outside classes, not outside mm -hmm. classes, we had in-person classes, we did it outside. Oh yeah. It was wonderful. Um, but that meant we also didn't have the Zoom portion, but our class is an easy class to split up like that. And then I'm taking another class, um, another English class with Professor Messinger. Mm -hmm. And she has done this method where we're gonna do like, the in-person class is gonna take up half the class time. And the Zoom part of the class is going to be the other half. And I think that's really neat because it's really hard to focus on two separate things. Mm -hmm. Like you can't watch TV and also watch Netflix on your laptop. Yeah, exactly. Not that talking to students is like watching TV and watching. Or it's like, you know, some people, they'll watch Netflix, but they're actually just scrolling on Instagram the whole time. Yes. So you're like not even watching the show. Yes, exactly. I, I can't understand that. But, okay, um, sometimes you just need some background noise and you get a little distracted. <laughs> that's true. I don't do it anymore, but <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a mess of you know a few different situations with the classes. You know, I, some classes, I, teachers are trying to be as flexible as possible, so I appreciate them for doing that. But uh, you know, I'm in one where we'll go to class one day a week, alternating weeks. Alternating so, so weeks. So I'll only actually end up being in the class probably three times for the whole semester. Oh. It's just it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so I understand if that's how it needs to be done. That's fine. Um, a mess of different things are happening right now in terms of hybrid classes, and it really depends on each uh, teacher's uh, rules and what fits everybody's schedules. So another important topic when we're talking about COVID and the campus is addressing the parties on Capitol's campus. So we have a few different things to look at here. Uh, first, there's a, an article 
from a couple of weeks ago. And it's talking about how it's it's an interview, partially. Part, part of it is an interview with a member of the public safety team here at Capital University. And they're talking about how no more than 10 people can gather in one party. Violators will have their party shut down and they'll be sent to judicial affairs for disciplinary action. Failure to follow the guidelines may be found to violate the student code of conduct. You want to talk about the tweet or you want to talk about the article? Also, for the record, I'm also wearing a mask during this, <laughs> yeah. and we are six feet apart, yeah, so true. we're following the guidelines, as everybody should be. Um, there's something a little spicy going on. The Cap Fountains account on Twitter tweeted a screenshot that a mystery person sent to them from yeah. Cap Trapital. Real quick, do you want to explain these two accounts that are okay. on Twitter? <laughs> so the Cap U Fountains account, I think that's their username. Um, it started, I think spring of 2019 i remember when it started they would just tweet when the fountains were on and for a while it was just like off 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 like every other day until they finally turned on it was wonderful but now it's like random things along with being on yeah it's almost like a um cult information about the campus you know yeah. they they put a little bit of spice out there they they're kind of leaving out the tea uh so it can, it's kind of almost like a news you know a student yeah. news like twitter account I found out a lot of stuff through the Fountains account, and although they are not university-affiliated no. absolutely at all, um, it has been run by two separate students, I think. They handed over the trophy, the baton, this year. Um, and the Trapital account is a private account run by a mystery student, and I think it's just about when random parties would be on campus. I'm not really sure, but they're at, it's just at Trapital. But <laughs> recently they posted a poll and it was like four separate options. And it, the question was, the question you've all been waiting for, um, seriously, would you report a party if you saw one on campus? And the first option was, yes, of course I would. And the second one was, yes, because I'm petty. Third one was, no, but someone should. And the fourth one was, no, because I'm there. Yeah. And some mysterious person sent that to the Cap Fountains account, and they tweeted it. And Yeah, so the results of the poll are about 50% of people voted that, uh, no, LOL, I'm there. So it's kind of a, it's an alarming statement to see that half the people who voted are saying that they would be at a party. So I, we've seen some instances of parties getting shut down and stuff like that already. It's just kind of crazy that uh, people aren't being considerate and thinking about, you know, it's, it's like... It's just a little saucy. Yeah. It's it's kind of unfortunate because we're trying to get through this and then people are just kind of like, oh, no, never mind. Let's just party. Yeah. So um, it's a really tough time right now. And... Oh, there was also a party that was like right across the street from public safety. I think some month ago or so. Oh, wow. Um, and I think that might go hand in hand with the Trapital tweet. Like, it's just something that shouldn't be happening. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're all doing crazy things to protect ourselves, like sanitizing our groceries, wearing a mask. It's not crazy. Wear your mask. Mm -hmm. um, staying six feet apart from your loved ones. That's a good idea. If you're at risk or they're at risk, this is the Chimes affiliated notion to wear your mask and protect yourself. We're all masking up for you. You mask up for us. Um, anyway, as right. the parties. <laughs> um, I think it's really disappointing to see, but 
it's also kind of important to see where people are at on campus because everybody knows that if something bad happens, we're going to get shut down again. Of course. We're going to yeah. get sent home. And we when, got sent home when there were like three cases in Columbus. I know, and it's an alarming uh, section of, of time because uh, cases are starting to rise again and Ohio is doing, you know, we're not in a great spot currently. Um, but it, yeah, it's unfortunate to see. It's almost like it kind of reminds me of something I learned in high school when I learned about like the id and the super ego. It's like that that inner monologue, that inner like what I really want to do and the super ego that's telling you like, you know, you shouldn't be partying right now. But that inner uh, that inner thought is like, yes, I am going to go to a party. I don't care about the rules and stuff like that. So I think that's how people are like, they're not thinking of others and being considerate. So that's really unfortunate to see. I saw some a tweet and it was like, if we're socially distancing, why do we have to wear a mask? Or if we're wearing a mask, why do we have to stay six feet away from each other? Yeah, well, it's just, I mean... There's just a lot of just controversy. Just, but like, you know. I think the best part about wearing a mask is that I don't have to smile at strangers. That is a great... Yeah. Especially working in customer service. like. Oh, really? Yeah. It is kind of nice that like you don't have to do that slight public gesture or whatever. The I kind of like... Smile. All right, on to our next story. Capitals, Robert S. Greats, a civil rights legend, dies at 92. This was a story from last week. Uh, it's a really sad one. He was a pastor of a predominantly black church in Montgomery, Alabama. He was part of the Montgomery Improvement Association, which was spearheaded by Dr. Martin Luther King, and he was a close friend and neighbor of Rosa Parks. On Sunday, September 20th, this Capitol alum passed away at the age of 92. After graduating from Capitol in 1950, with Lutheran beliefs and a strong drive for social change, Greats went on to graduate from the Trinity Lutheran Seminary and became a clergyman. Greats landed a job as a pastor of a predominantly black church in Montgomery, Alabama called Trinity Lutheran. For another intimate look into the life of Robert S. Greats, please check out the student-produced documentary film called Capital in the 60s. I saw that uh, last year at MLK Day of Learning, and it was really good. Um, so this is unfortunate to see, but it's also interesting to see that we had somebody who was part of something so big and powerful right here in Columbus. And then he went on to do some great things, and he knew Rosa Parks, too. I think that's crazy. I wish I knew Rosa Parks. She seems so cool. Mm -hmm. It's also nice to know that, like, during times we're in a little political turmoil, there's always a way you can come out and be something great, just mm -hmm. the way he did. And we're all at Capitol right now, and we all know what's going on, and we can all be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Of course. So, yeah. Um, that's something to think about. So that's all the stories. Be sure to check out our next episode where we're going to discuss the October stories from the Chimes. Have a great rest of your week. The stories discussed in this episode were written by Shirley Pasco, John J. Price, Robert Cumberlander, Emily Dietz, and Josh Conchero. Thank you so much to the writers of these stories for bringing the truth to light and for informing the community of Capital University. We appreciate you and your efforts. Thank you very much for listening. The CU Review is a collaboration between the Chimes newspaper and WXU Radio. This episode was recorded at the WXU studio at Capital University in Columbus, Ohio during September of 2020. This episode was hosted by Madeline Rollins and Dan Messersmith with additional direction from Zach Farinchak and Brianna Snyder. Editing, mixing, and music by Dan Messersmith.